1: You'll find us here,
0: moving iron Hello and welcome to the Moving Iron podcast Mark chip with this edition of the Moving Iron podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information go to axontire.com. Also track the Zoom delivering insights. That's a great place to see what's happening in the auction market with their product Iron Comps. Uh they have about 500 different auction companies that that uh, send them information about what's going on and uh, they accumulate all that and they put it into a nice one easy a nice easy place for you to check and see what's going on there so if you like that product and you said you want to move forward with it um use moving iron at checkout and you get yourself a discount chip is with blue roof agri-marketing out of morton illinois and he's nice enough to come on once a week to talk about what is going on in the markets and chip we've got uh let's see we had a week tour last week we had couple of uh, corn tours are starting to kick up here. So before too long, there'll be three of those corn tours going on across the way. And it looks like a lot of people are hanging their hat on that 175 to 179 range as far as average yield goes. So I guess uh, what are your thoughts with that? And, and what do you see happening out there?
1: Yeah, we've had some really choppy trade here, Casey. And, <clears throat> you know, part of it is uh, outside markets. Uh, like you said, part of it is... Just a a general weariness, man. This market is worn out, you know? I mean, we've had a, starting with the uh, Brazil second crop corn, you know, several months ago, we've been in a weather market for like three months now, it seems like. And these weather models just, they flip flop every six hours and the market is just worn out. And so, you know, on the up days, on the down days, open interest, meaning the total number of contracts out there seems to shrink. So we're just kind of losing interest, um, in chopping people up. That's not all bad, right? Because the market's trying to fight out. All right. What's the demand going to be? What's the size of the crop going to be the next five or six weeks? Weather still going to matter in August and, you know, maybe first week or 10 days of September, um, especially on the beans. So, we're kind of transitioning, in my opinion, from here's what the supply is. You kind of nailed it. I think the market's thinking you know, or just maybe just a touch below trend line yields on corn, uh, maybe at slightly below on beans, but that's still up in the air with August weather. But then you have to figure there's a lot of things going on in the world with the Brazil second crop corn situation, the drought down there, that crops end up way less than expected. Drought in Canada, drought in the Dakotas. Uh, There's dry weather in in Russia. Their wheat crop is shrinking. And so the the world stock situation for corn, beans, wheat is shrinking. And we're the only source for corn and beans for sure. And we're very competitive in wheat for the next six to nine months. And, And so I think we continue with this sloppy trade. But big picture, I think we're kind of starting to develop you know, what should be a demand-led bull market as you go forward, particularly post-harvest and on into winter and early spring of uh, next year.
0: Okay. So as you're looking at those outside markets, talk about Brazil for a little while and what's happening there. I mean, it seems like there are um, numerous reports that come out there that every day that they're, they've lowered the you know, the estimated corn crop, and and same with a little bit in Argentina, a little bit you've seen that, but they've also had a pretty strong run in wheat. But I guess as you take a look at, at what's going on in Brazil, do you really think that there's much the more there that could really overall affect the uh, overall trade? That's going to be a, a big shock to anyone? Or do you feel like it's going to have to be more wait and see uh, what happens with our crop and then throw that on top of what's going on in Brazil?
1: Well, I think the Brazil thing is, still a work in progress, um, okay. and it just continues to shrink, right? I mean, we had uh, a firm, uh, uh, it was yesterday or the day before, that came out, and they were estimating the export situation in Brazil, and they came out with 17 million tons. That was 18 million tons below a year ago. And okay. so put that in perspective, that's uh, somewhere around 900 million bushels. Uh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. And, and, it's, you know, they don't even know the final size of that crop. That's just an estimate at this point. Wouldn't surprise me if that doesn't shrink as you go forward. Uh, there's even been some talk that, you know, it's possible they could, uh, actually import some corn from the United States into Brazil. So, you know, I think that's still a dynamic, uh, ongoing situation. Um, you know, it's very dry in Argentina They're, uh, you've, you've also got a, a port strike, not a port strike, a trucker strike in Argentina. They're having to, um, offload, uh, rail in beans and top off, um, you know, barges and and ships because it's so dry. there. their, their main river is like lowest on record. And so they can't load those ships as full as they would normally with higher water. And so the truckers have a little bit of, uh, leverage right now. So you got trucker strike in in Argentina, uh, so dry weather there, that doesn't just get fixed overnight, right? Some of that's flows in from Brazil, but you know, point being, you've got some really erratic, um, weather, weird weather in the Southern hemisphere. And, you know, as we go to harvest, they're going to start getting ready to plant And it's less than ideal right now. The market's not talking about that yet. It's very rare you have a back-to-back weather problem in the Southern Hemisphere, but, uh, you know, that's a possibility this year. Uh, This Brazilian situation has been really weird. So you got weather thrown in there. You've got drought in Canada. That's still ongoing. Um, That makes uh, a difference on the world feed grain situation. You know, they raise oats up there. They raise... Uh, spring wheat, uh, you know, a lot of different crops up there. They've already imported a little corn from us, uh, which is a little bit odd. And so, you know, this thing is 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 shrinking up as far as the stocks. We're definitely on a downward swing in particularly feed grain stocks, wheat, corn, and and other minor feed grains. And it's been a while since we've seen that. The world demand is still pretty strong. And, you know, that's a good combination of be in. Uh, that's where you want to be positioned with the, uh, only country with those stocks when the, the rest of the world's hungry. So that's the way it looks right. like it's kind of shaping up here. It doesn't mean you can't go lower. Um, but I think anything lower, you know, maybe into harvest is, is going to be temporary because when you have these weather situations that drought in Brazil, drought in, uh, Canada and Northern Plains, it takes people end users in particular by surprise. And I don't think there's enough coverage in there. And so I think they're waiting. The demand hasn't been real great because I think they're waiting and hoping with bated breath that the market drops into harvest and they get a chance to buy some stuff at a, at a cheaper level than where it's at today. They may or may not get their, you know, their hope, but I think that's what's going to happen. And, you know, the last two weeks now on Thursdays, our export sales have been pretty good on new crops. So you're, at the stage in the calendar where that demand starts shifting back to us and it's right on time. And it, you know, just kind of is slowly building. We sold some beans this morning, 300,000 tons of beans unknown. So our demand's starting to pick up a little bit and it, it, it almost, I think eventually is going to kind of overwhelm even what the supply is uh, because I don't think we have north of a trendline yield in in corn. I don't think that's possible given how dry it is. I think we'll struggle to be north trendline in beans, but the next few weeks will still tell. So if we end up a little bit below trendline and this demand stays strong, it just tightens things up up even further. And uh you know, I don't want to get too bold up, but um you know, I think there's way more upside risk than than downside and I think it's going to stay choppy, but I think the breaks will be bought and you'll transition here over the next several weeks. Uh, you know, from kind of this weather, you know, supply market to a demand, just grind this thing. And, you know, we're the only game in town as far as exports go.
0: Right. All right, let's talk box beef here for a second. This is the, uh, well, it's been on a tear here the last two, three weeks is what we see with that. And cattle prices seem to be kind of rebounding there a little bit as well, right, right along with that box beef price. So. We take a look at that Chip, and tell me what you make of that.
1: Yeah. So <clears throat> demand in uh, on the beef side is 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 really good. Our exports have been hit or miss, but in general, our, our exports are going to be record. Demand's really really good. Uh, Box beef has turned quite a bit higher. It's actually started to drag the cash market along with it. Uh, cash was a, a buck or at least a buck higher there this week. It looks like maybe two in some areas. And so cattle on feed report from two weeks ago was, was pretty friendly. Uh, The drought in the West has caused, um, you know, right at record cow liquidation and slaughter. So we're shrinking these numbers. The heat has brought the, you know, this past summer has brought weights down. And so, um, you know, I think on the, on the beef side, the cattle side, things look uh, pretty solid. Um, Doesn't mean we'll go straight up. Just like today, you know, we were down pretty hard today. Uh, uh, I think you're going to see those periods where, you you know, it's kind of two steps forward, one steps back type of a thing in, in cattle. But uh, I think things look pretty good out into winter and early spring and, you know, things are tightening up. Demand's good. Box beef is starting to rally. And uh, in my opinion, you know, things look fairly good on the, on the cattle side of the equation, although it probably won't be straight up. There. Casey, you really garbled on me. There you go. There you go. Can you, Casey, me can you hear me now, there, there we go. You're back. You're back. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. All right. No problem.
0: All right. So now let's take, let's take care us talk about uh I jump back in here now. All right. I support price in the same way, you know, cutouts took a big smack yesterday. You look at what happened there and, um, you know, cast hogs climbed, um, a little bit, uh, yesterday too, but there seems to be a back and forth there with the pork price. And is you think a lot of that's driven by the scare of what's happening in the Dominican Republic, as far as, um, AFS goes. Uh,
1: I think, I think it's not helping for sure. Um, you know, that's pretty close to home. Right. And so, so you know hopefully it doesn't come here uh but i yeah, i think we are still have a little bit of ptsd as far as that uh, announcement uh, of african swine fever in uh, in the dominican republic and i think some of this is is calendar related too you know we're here in the first week in august you look at uh, the last 30 years and that's a lot of times uh, about the peak in the in the cash hog market you saw the uh you know, the cutout really implode yesterday. And so I think some of this is kind of seasonal calendar-based selling. Now that the difference is, you know, we're still struggling with some disease issues here of our our own. I don't think we straightened out the PERS situation. You've got, you know, the lean index sitting here about 112 and October hogs at a little over 87. So don't know that there's a ton of downside in here, but at least from where we're at on the calendar and the and the cutout heading lower and, you know, this ASF scare in Dominican Republic gives the market a good excuse to, to have sold this most recent rally. And, you know, again, I don't know that it's got a lot of legs, you know, $10 to the downside necessarily, but for the time being, um, you know, we, we're seeing some pressure. I, I think we got about four days left, I believe, on the on the August contract, which is sitting at 109.50, roughly, versus the lean index at you know somewhere 112 or just south. So once the August gets off the board, let's just say you take a little bit off the lean index and it's sitting at 110. Well, you got October hogs sitting there with a you know 20 plus dollar discount. So I think that that will help support us a little bit, um, especially if this thing breaks a little further, but lot of volatility there uh, in, in the hogs recently limit up limit down i think that'll probably continue unfortunately
0: yeah uh, a lot of crazy stuff going on right now uh, a lot of things a lot of move plan in place chip so folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what you guys do at blue refactor marketing what's the best way to do that
1: Yeah, best question is call us at the office, 309-550-7213. We'd love to chat with you. Uh, You hit the nail on the head. Uh, Extremely important to have a plan and execute on that plan. And, and, you know, you can't use the volatility to your advantage if you don't have a plan and execute on it. So uh, we'd love to chat with you. Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast.
0: Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you're going to find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also, go to movingironllc.com, and you'll find all the entire library of the Moving Iron Podcast, as well as any blogs I have, written will be posted there as well. Um, Moving Iron sums coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee, that you have about, I don't know, probably about a week to kind of make that decision if you want to come to that. And if you want to come to that, check that out on movingironllc.com, and you'll be able to see – agendas speakers uh hotel and, and meeting registration information uh, as well as um all the different sponsors and stuff that'll be part of that so make sure you check that out get any questions about that hit me up at moving Our podcast moving dot podcast.com and i will get back to you with the information that you need so with that i'm casey seymour with chip nellinger let's move smart folks out you want to have a meaningful competitive advantage to help sell more equipment Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The reach of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com.
1: Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people.